Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Rich Barton. Rich is a certified master athletic administrator. He's also a former NIAAA president and he's currently the director of athletics at Richfield High School in Utah. Rich, welcome to the program. I appreciate it, Jake. It's an awesome thing that you're, you're doing and uh, for the benefit of uh, so many of us out there in the trenches. Well, um, we only have the very best on, so we're very, uh, very glad to have you. Well, as you know, the life of uh, an athletic director is very busy. Uh, certainly these days are no exception, so let's jump right in. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and maybe how your involvement and love of sports led to that first uh, teaching and coaching job. Well, uh, I grew up in Cedar City, Utah. That's about an hour and a half uh, south of where I'm at, uh, about uh, three hours from Las Vegas, uh, three hours or so from Salt Lake City. And uh, I uh, stayed home to uh, go to college. Um, I, I grew up basically a block from Southern Utah University campus. And when, when the school made the decision to go to Division I when I was in high school, uh, there was never any other place I wanted to go. And I grew up sneaking in the old field house at all hours of the night and things to, to play basketball. And so it was fun for me to play, play up the street and also to have you know my family and friends that I grew up with uh, be able to to see me play and uh, was was fortunate to have a uh, a really positive uh, experience at Southern Utah uh, and and in athletics and uh, was uh, actually fortunate my my high school coach who was my father figure growing up um, he he moved over to the college as an assistant while I was on I played my freshman year. Then I went on a two-year church mission where I was in uh, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Kansas State, state of Kansas for two years. He moved over the college. So when I came back, he was my assistant coach and uh, played, played a few years uh, after. I, I Unfortunately, when I was at my best, I, I uh, tore my ACL. In fact, I, 
I, I tell people my, my best game of my life was, was the worst game of my life. I had, a, had an opportunity to, to break a school scoring record and uh, with six and a half minutes to go in the game, I uh, tore my ACL. Oh, gosh. And uh, had, had 42 points. Uh, the record was 51. With six and a half minutes to go, I was on pace to get it in, in what was, you know, a 10-point game. But uh, had uh, was able to come back, even though at that time we were kind of guinea pigs with, with ACL surgeries. And uh, I actually tore it a second time and, uh, you know, had a redshirt year and uh, came back my senior year and actually played on one leg and uh, fractured my wrist on my shooting hand about mid-season. So I played with, with one good arm and, 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 and one leg, but uh, was fortunate to, 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 you know, still get 20 a game and uh, get some postseason recognition. I, I was able to, to, to be an academic All-American, which was a goal. And then was uh, was also awarded one of the seven uh, NCAA post grad scholarships, and uh, immediately put that to use upon graduation. Even though I, I started out as a teacher and coach, I uh, you know did did a master's program and and then did an administrative endorsement. Uh, had had some opportunities to go play overseas and also in the CBA, which is now the the G League. And uh, a lot of people thought I was a little bit nuts um, to take a, a first year teacher salary that was the equivalent of about 10% of what uh, dollar figures uh, were, were being talked about with uh, the agents and the teams that I met with. But uh, we, we felt inspired to do that and uh, came to my wife's hometown of Richfield for a teaching coaching opportunity. and. Uh, you know, just months later, we, we were grateful we followed that inspiration as my wife was three months pregnant and she, she had a stroke, uh, which uh, she couldn't walk for a couple months. Unfortunately, with her, her uh, parents here, we were able to, uh, I was still able to go to work and, and carry on, whereas if we were in a foreign land, uh, some things would have been a lot different. So uh, things have been, been uh, you know, ideal for us here in, in Richfield, and it's, it's just a a great community and had, had a great coaching experience and then an opportunity to move into uh, an assistant principalship that included a, an AD position. Wow, what a story. Uh, I knew bits and pieces of that, but uh, you know, what a journey. Um, share a little bit about that transition from the, the teacher and the coach into the uh, world of administration. Well, it was something I always wanted to do. I, you know, my coach that was my father figure, my father passed away when I was nine. And so my high school coach was, was my dad. And he was, he was the basketball coach slash AD. And then another mentor was uh, an assistant principal who was also my church leader. And it's interesting. I ended up doing the two, two same things they did. One was an AD and and one was an assistant principal who, who moved on later to be actually our state school superintendent uh, here in Utah. And uh, they, they were uh, great mentors. And, uh, you know, I, I guess following their paths, uh, I, I planned to be a coach for as long as possible. Um, I'd been in the classroom five years and uh, our assistant principal slash AD retired. And I had finished my master's. I'd finished my administrative endorsement. 
and I, I felt felt like I should should go for that position. I got it, but I also made it known um, I will only do it if I can still be the basketball coach. So uh, for for the next uh, uh, about uh, five years, I juggled AD, full time assistant principal, and uh, boys basketball coach, and it was a juggling act that I was able to do just because I, I have a great wife and uh, and I plan to coach a lot longer than than I did but I got an unexpected call uh, in my church to to be a bishop which was was the leader of a congregation of about 500 people and it's a lay position non-paid but it it's, it can be a full-time position uh, you know getting phone calls at all hours of the day and night and so when I got that, that call, I knew something needed to go off my plate. And the one thing that, that could go off was the, the basketball. And so uh, that's when I got out of the coaching. And, uh, and I, was, I was a bishop. It was, it was a seven-year call, uh, which was a, a great opportunity and a blessing. I was actually UIAAA president while I was bishop. So I still had had some juggling uh, to do along with AD and assistant principal, but uh, that was kind of how I got my start into the position that I, I'm in. A lot of people assume an assistant principal is trying to be principal. Uh, that, that wasn't the inspired path I, I've ever felt to go. I, I never want to close the door on what I've gained uh, related to athletics. And it's that area that I, I feel like I can, can make a difference. Uh, not, not only hopefully ultimately with student athletes, but hopefully coaching coaches to make a difference with with student athletes. So I've been in that role for for, for twenty plus years, and and it, and it also provides a good balance with a lot of the challenges I deal with with assistant principal. I still have that nice balance of of athletics interaction with with student athletes and coaches, and a lot of positive things too. You know, uh, I've got to know you the last uh, five or six years, uh, you know, with our involvement with NIAAA. And um, obviously you're a leader uh, on a local level, a state level, and, and certainly at the national level. Um, who were some of your leaders, some of your mentors uh, growing up? Uh, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, your high school coach, uh, but who else uh, uh, had an impact on you? Uh, people that when you go to work each day, you can still hear their voice in the things that you say and share. Well, uh, like yourself, I've, I've been a state coordinator uh, for for a number of years for my state. Um, you know, and, and and I count Don Bell's from the PDA team as as one of my mentors. But through through my time on the the as a state coordinator, I've always tried to think what's missing in the NIAAA as far as courses that are needed. And my mentor in college, uh, Dr. Steve Lunt, um, you know, he, the messages he had for us being one of the greatest coaches of coaches in the state of Utah was, you know, all, all of us who were students of his, we have constant things running through our minds. And he, he was persuaded to, to publish a book of his, uh, his teachings because he spent 50 years at Southern Utah, small, small division one, but that school was was responsible because of him of putting a third of the coaches in Utah high schools. It's called the Coaching Factory, uh, and and he was the man behind it. When he published his book, um, 
I, I read it, and, and for any of your listeners, it's titled, So You Want to Be a Coach. Amazon, six, seven dollars. And uh, when I read it, I said, this, some of these teaching points need to be an LTI course. And that, that was the thought behind, uh, you know, the, the new Coaching the Coaches course. Uh, that's how it evolved. And uh, he was, he was a, a mentor of mine that, uh, and unfortunately, uh, he passed away unexpectedly uh, when I was on the way to the airport to NIAAA board meeting where, where that course was approved for development but he knew it was going to go out to uh, thousands of people uh, with, with his teachings and, and things. And so he was, he was a great mentor. I've had, I've had great mentors, uh, you know, in, in my state, uh, Mark Hunter, uh, who was is the person responsible for, for, for making the UI AAA uh, what it, what it is as far as an organization. And uh, you know, he, he's done an un- unbelievable job, you know, making it easier for people like myself and Jamie Sheets to be able to serve on the, you know, NIAAA board. And, uh, you know, and so I, I, I appreciate people like that, you know, setting the table. Oh, absolutely. You know, Don and Mark uh, still do an incredible job for our organization. Um, you know, you're certainly uh, an experienced athletic director. Uh, I'm curious, um, at your school and, and maybe even, you know, nationally, how have you seen the job of the school-based athletic director change over the years? You know, uh, maybe not from when you and I got started, but, uh, you know, maybe the last 15, 20 years. How's the job changed? Well, and, and, and fortunately, because of the NIAAA, it's changed tremendously. Uh, you know, when, when I started as a coach, if you were to ask me, you know, what my AD did, uh, I, I don't know. I, I knew he made reservations for us when we went to the state tournament. Uh, but, but outside of, of that, you know, coming to the games, I really didn't, I really didn't know what they did. And then as I, I moved in that role, um, I, I, I don't think I was a great athletic administrator to start off with because there's no training. There wasn't anything. But I, I was encouraged to get involved in the UI AAA, and which which was was a blessing because it gave us tools, it gave us things to go back and uh, and help coaches not feel like they're out there on their own island to to be able to be a support system, make make some of their burdens lighter, and and also uh, build them up and, and and encourage them and help them to know you know somebody's got their back and and then. Uh, you know, my, my involvement in, in the NIAAA kind of started after I uh, wasn't coaching and I could actually go to a national conference in December without a basketball load. But uh, I was fortunate to get put on uh, a strategic plan at the NIAAA level. And uh, I guess I'm, go- I'm going off on a story here, but uh, I uh, went to state tennis the day before on my way to the airport. Uh, the night I, I had like a 5 a.m. flight to Indy, didn't feel too good the whole night. Wondered if it was some flu. I uh, felt even worse on the flight the next morning, and uh, I knew something was wrong with me, uh, you know, mid-flight. And uh, when I got to the hotel, I, I told uh, Bruce Whitehead and Mike Blackburn, you got to take me to the hospital. 
went to the hospital, had my appendix taken out. And, uh, you know, they had flown me there to be a part of the meetings. I, I, I was a little bit embarrassed that, you know, I, I don't want to spend my time in a hotel. So the next morning I did get up and get dressed. I said, I can sit in a chair. I can be a part of the next couple of days of meetings. And so uh, I, I, I was fortunate to still be involved and, and hopefully left a positive impression that, that led to some other opportunities uh, in the NIAAA. And I guess, you know, to, to answer your first question, the NIAAA and our state associations have given us what we need as athletic directors to have a job description, to have a tool, the tools, the courses uh, so that we can go back and, you know, we, we, we can prepare people for their stewardship. Now, I, I can certainly relate to that myself. When I first came to Florida in 2000, I was the uh, head football coach and the AD at my school. And I think I looked at the jobs in that order. Um, eight years later, I took a position at another school just as the AD. And that was my initial involvement with FIAAA and NIAAA, and that's the point. I, I can say without hesitation that I became an athletic director was uh, when I started getting involved with my state. So I appreciate you sharing that. Let's go and talk about COVID. Uh, certainly it's had an impact uh, going all the way back to spring and it continues to impact us across the country. Uh, we've seen a variety of responses, uh, some states are uh, changing seasons. Some states are business as usual. And uh, in full disclosure, we're recording this episode in uh, late August. Um, so when it airs, things <laughs> may have changed. But Rich, what's going on right now with your district uh, and in the state of Utah, if you can share? What's happening regarding reopening and, and with high school sports? Well, and, and, and we're in a, you know, a much, I guess, more desirable place than, than a lot of states. I really feel for those that have, you know, they've got athletes that, you know, are still putting things on hold. Uh, we, we got clearance uh, the day after Memorial Day to resume, you know, weight room, seven on seven football. We had uh, basketball teams, volleyball teams that all hosted summer tournaments here in uh, June, July in our building. And so we, we've, been pretty fortunate. We, we started fall sports uh, as scheduled. Uh, Utah got a little bit of media attention with, with playing the first football games in the U.S. And uh, I think that first week there was only one, one game canceled. Uh, and then the second week, last, last weekend, there was only one game canceled. Haven't heard if any this, this week are, are canceled, but you know, things have gone pretty smooth uh, in the suburban areas. They're, most of them that I've heard are, are limiting to 25% uh, attendance of what they have in the past. When, when our teams have traveled there, we've had to do online tickets where it might only be two, two per player. And, uh, but, but our home events, we don't have limited uh, attendance. Um, you know, we, we do have a little bit of challenge in our area because we haven't been hit too hard with the cases. I have a hard time convincing people. You know, they know they, they have to have the mask to get in, but especially outdoor events, it's a little harder to get them convinced to keep, keep the mask on. 
but uh, as as of this airing, we we've been notified of our first case uh, of one of our students, and uh, you know, and that's in a student body of 750. That's the first first known case, and we're you know doing doing the contact tracing and things, but. Things have gone smooth so far. Uh, we try to convince our people not to take it for granted that we've got, got what we have back um, because it could be taken away in a hurry or a team shut down. I, I do worry about when we get to playoff time. If we have a team quarantined or shut down, essentially, you know, their season ends because of COVID, not because of a defeat. And so, it could be really interesting uh, over the, the next couple months. Uh, and it's been interesting, you know, just the first week of school. Uh, I think I mentioned to you off the air with what, what, what we've been dealing with right now. And uh, in the last week, every day, I've been dealing with potentially what could be a, a positive test with, with athletes uh, from, from a number of different sports. Mm -hmm. Well, continued good luck with that. Uh, Utah got some uh, good positive press uh, a while back with uh, Jeremy Lewis. Uh, I've actually tried to reach out to him and get him on the show. Maybe you can pull some uh, Utah strings there and uh, send him a message from me. Uh, I mean, what a great uh, testament to the, uh, the duties and uh, the responsibility of an athletic administrator at a home event. Yeah, that... Uh... Each, each week, uh, one of the Salt Lake City uh, TV stations does a game of the week, which is moved to Thursday. And so uh, Jeremy's school played the Thursday game of the week. And, uh, uh, you know, I applaud him, applaud his courage. Uh, you know, as uh, they, they do have limited seating and usher, they actually usher the, the people in to specific seats. And obviously they didn't stick to that. And he, he stopped the game. The, the TV broadcast was stopped for four minutes until they, they got where they were supposed to. Uh, in fact, uh, Gary Stevens, uh, he, as soon as that went viral, Gary from Maine, he, he uh, texted me, said, hey, how do I get a hold of this guy? And he was able to get him on his, his uh, uh, with Jay Hammis, the, their, their pandemic uh, Zoom. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can help you. I know he's, Jeremy's been busy, USA Today and a bu bunch of other people, but uh, it'd be good if you can get him on because he's uh, well-spoken and, and does a great job as an athletic administrator. Yeah, uh, I'm, and I, I'm sure he is very busy. I did, uh, you know, find his school district website, send him an email, introduce myself, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, Magic Rich can uh, pull some strings for me there. Um, Let's, uh, another question we've been asking our athletic directors, um, and it was, it was kind of phrased like last spring, uh, but now there have been uh, another recent event. Um, you know, last spring in Minneapolis and Atlanta, you know, certainly social issues, social justice certainly uh, came to the forefront. And, and my question is, as athletic administrators, as ADs, what are some things that we can do a better job of with our kids, with our teams, with our communities uh, in this area of, you know, social awareness? Well, definitely educate them. Um, I think, uh, you know, not, not only with our student athletes, but with coaches, with, with all of us as athletic administrators, 
we need to listen, but, but not only listen, we need to listen to understand. Um, you know, we, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't walked in the shoes of, of so many others that uh, have walked a, a difficult path re related to equality and, and justice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel for, for those that have experienced racism and, you know, and, and I think we have to do all we can to promote uh, diversity. Uh, I think you do an excellent job with, with your, your podcast. You know, you, 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 you bring those best, uh, the best people with, which we have in, in our association, people of diversity that are the best of the best of our association. And, and we've got we've to not only listen, you know, to those voices, but we need to promote those people and, and pave the way and, and encourage. Um, one of my goals when I was in the NIAAA presidency was to push for diversity. Um, in the presidency, there were fortunate opportunities to, to travel to section meetings and, and different places, state, some state conferences. And one of my goals was always try to try to find some people that, you know, help instill a belief in them that, hey, you know, you can you can be on the NIAAA board, you can serve on committees, you can serve on the national faculty, you can be president of this associate. If I can be it, hey, anybody can. And, uh, you know, and, and I've, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, as a, as a past president in the, in, in the process for president-elect, one of the things I was most proud of is in that responsibility that I was one of the individuals that uh, promoted to the board two, two names for that board to decide and vote who was going to be president. And, and those two names, Lannis Robinson and Lisa Langston. And it was a historic day in the NIAAA that one of those two was going to be president that year. And fortunately, the one that, that wasn't elected was elected the next year. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I was excited about that because two, two of the best presidents our association will ever have are those two. Mm -hmm. And there's many other people uh, that hopefully will look, look for that same opportunity, people of, of diversity, people of color, because they're out there. They, they just need to see and have that path available. No, it's uh, been somewhat intentional the way we have uh, scheduled our guests. And uh, again, Lisa was a great guest. You know, I've been teasing Lannis, you know, in Florida, but I said, maybe I have to wait till you step down as president uh, to be on our podcast. But no, you're absolutely right. Okay. It's, uh, you know, look for great people, you know, regardless of, you know, their race, their gender, et cetera, and uh, promote them when you can. Well, Rich, this has just been wonderful. It's always great catching up with you. You know, we do get to uh, talk to each other every now and then, uh, but we're not done. Uh, we always like to finish with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you and I are both uh, experienced athletic directors, but uh, your job right now is to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first assignment, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Rich Barton's athletic director toolbox? Well, that's hard to that's hard to narrow it down to three, uh, especially with with everything we do. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I 
number one, I, I say the ability to listen. Um, you know, I, I, I even included this in our, uh, in coaching the coaches, and I think I included in the in the course that I'm fortunate to, to co-author with you that's in development with partnering with parents. Um, but listeners learn, listeners are learners, and learners are listeners. And, and I think the, an AD having the ability to, to, to listen and having that trade as a strength is sure going to make a lot of things easier. Um, uh, another one, I, I think, is the ability to reach out. I, I truly believe, you know, there's no honorable profession than that of an athletic administrator because what we do is to elevate other people elevate the coaches that we coach and to ultimately elevate the, the students that participate. And so reaching out and doing those things that, and I think it's a great part of our job, we're, we're doing things that, that a lot of people have no clue we're doing to, to make things go smooth, to, to put other people in a position to be successful. And so an athletic administrator has to have that reach out quality. Uh, and it can't be a sometime quality, as you know. It's an everyday thing. It's it's that coach that had a had a tough loss last night that that needs somebody, uh, you know, in their corner the next day and letting them know you you have their back. But uh, and, and lastly, um, a lift and assist attitude. And, and I bring this those two two words up a lot because it was my theme as as a president of the NIAAA, my presidential year is we, we are in a, in a job where we have to lift and assist others. And we have to have those two things at the forefront. We're fortunate to belong to the ultimate lift and assist organization. And if, if, if we follow the training, the, the courses, the workshops, everything we receive from the, the top leaders in Indianapolis, we'll do a good job of lifting and assisting because it'll be ingrained in us. And uh, that's, that's, I guess, my three things. <laughs> well, th those are three wonderful suggestions. Uh, uh, the listen one I, I love because I, I can see it so clearly uh, as a young coach, as a young AD, uh, my principals, my mentors, you know, would say, you know, Jake, just listen, just listen. And when I finally learned to shut up and listen, uh, I, I think that was a big turning point for me. So I appreciate you sharing uh, those words of wisdom. Well, appreciate appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. You know, much respect for you and uh, your your excellent uh, presidency in Florida and your your uh, outstanding involvement in the NIAAA. And uh, you obviously have a bright path ahead uh, with with your involvement. And like I say, fortunate to be involved with you in some new course development of which you've provided a you know, some, some outstanding things that our membership will, will benefit for years to come. Oh, well, you are too kind. Uh, and I will agree with what you said uh, just earlier. You know, we are part of a great organization. It's just great to be a part of, uh, uh, you know, this profession. Rich, thanks so much for being a guest. Uh, continued uh, good luck uh, as the seasons uh, unfold. Well, wish you the best and, and prayers for, for Florida uh, and getting athletics back. Absolutely. Thank you. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. 
Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Educational AD podcast. I want to remind you that the Zoom recording of this interview is also available on YouTube on the Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.